Yes, sir. And welcome to the road to Damascus, where it's not about the road, it's about the journey. And we want to thank you for listening to another episode of Road to Damascus. I'm your host, Brock Hendricks, and I got my co-host with me as usual. But before I introduce them, I'm going to do like I always do tell you, if you want to contact us at the show or reach out, you can reach us at Road to Damascus at iCloud.com. That's Road to Damascus at iCloud.com. As well as on social media outlets, you can reach us at Road to Damascus on Instagram, as well as underscore Road to Damascus on Twitter. We would love to hear your input, your thoughts, any comments you may have, or any show topics you would love us to discuss. So as we now, let's go ahead and introduce our normal co-host, even though we're short one today. We're going to start with the rabbi. What's up, rabbi? What's up, everybody? Oh, you get... Oh, the crowd went a little crazy for you today. I know you was a little upset that they went a little crazier for Stephen last time. And, of course, my main man to my left. What up, Steph? What up? How you doing today? Good to see you all today. (laughs) Welcome, welcome, welcome. Well, um, the show is getting great. We're getting good feedback. The topics are getting more and more uh, in-depth, and we are uh, having good discussions. We're getting good feedback from the crowd that's listening. We're going to continue to grow the show. So this week, Stefan had uh, this week's topic, so I'm going to go ahead and let Stefan introduce it. This floor is yours. So. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> um, um. <laughs> All right. Uh, today's topic is, is, is it God or is it me? That poses the question. Um, to the uh, topic that we're going to dive into today. And a synopsis of that is um, how well can you discern the voice of God over the opinions, fears, and desires of the world? Um, And this helps us to gain his art to where we can hear God's voice and hear the direction that he's given us over the things that may drown it out. So that's uh, where we're going to go today. Well, thank you for introducing that, Steph. You trying to get a uh, philosophical on this? Oh, man, you know, I'm trying. I'm trying to. I'm trying to take the air out of my sentences. <laughs> <laughs> so, is it God or is it me? Okay. Well, there's several ways we can take that discussion. So, uh, I'm gonna start with you, Rabbi. When you hear that, what do you think? Well, for me, um, I, I think it's a really good topic because I think that's one of um, the most controversial things that most people deal with. You know, everybody has to ask themselves that qu- themselves that question at some point. Is this me or or is this really God talking to me? And um, for me, I always determine the answer by whether or not I'm at peace. You know, a- am I in pain? Am I upset? You know, am I emotionally and spiritually at peace? Because pain has a way of discipling you in your own voice. So, you know, you have to watch out for instruction you get when you're bitter or hurting or in pain. Absolutely. I agree with that. All right, Stephen, since it was your topic, you go ahead. What do you think? Uh, I believe that it's extremely important that we are able to discern the voice of God. Um, Just as Shonda said, it's a lot of things that goes on in our lives um, that if we're depending on the position that we're in and the space that we're in, we can be angry. We can be afraid. Um, and a lot of the times our, our flesh and our, our experiences are speaking to us and we may think those are right, but usually when we quiet that down and we focus on God and his presence, we can hear his voice always works with me. 
the path that God wants me to go on is the path of least resistance. Mm-hmm. It always moves the easiest. All the doors just open. Favor is always there. The doors open, and I just feel like a peace. I don't feel that. What well, what is this like? This this tug? Like I shouldn't be. Something just isn't right. I never get that feeling. Wow. I sometimes get that feeling of doubt within myself, but the Holy Spirit usually checks that because I'm praying about something, and I'm weighing it out, and then I'm seeing the doors open. Hey, you know what? Crazy thing. We didn't have any more trucks available, but we just found one just for. That's God opening up doors. Right, right. You know, depending on whatever it is, any any situation. You go somewhere and, hey, you know what? Matter of fact, we actually do have a night shift available open for you. Or we have a morning shift available for you. Me and a friend a friend of mine, we were uh, praying about her sh- uh, switching shifts. And she was actually able to switch shifts and go from the morning shift that she had prayed about. She doesn't have high seniority. She was able to get to the morning shift and now her shift works out better between, you know, her schedule where she can be with her child and things like that. So her schedule was less pressed and we prayed about that. And I'm sure she prayed about it before me, but we were praying about it and she was able to get that. So God just kind of opened up that door and she was faithful, you know, and and praying and having that communication with God and the door just opened. It opened that not at her time, but it's always God's timing. Right. You okay. Oh. All right, go ahead. I, I saw you jotting down quite a few notes over there. Yeah, right by. Well, w- one thing is that my path always seems to be the one with the most resistance. That's really? that's what that's what I was going to You know, when you bring said, up. The, you know, your path is, you know, the one with the least resistance, mm-hmm. I thought for a minute, okay, well, you know what, God, I mean, you're going to talk about this later. <laughs> <laughs> mine got all kind of barbed wire on it and. Uh, cinder blocks that you got to climb over and alligator infested swamps. Exactly. But then there are messages along the way, Mm -hmm. you know, there there's, he's strengthening me along the way by pushing this block. And uh, so, yeah, but yeah, that was, no, I actually wrote that down because I was going to ask as a part of the question, uh, what, what if we get resistance, but we'll come back to that. We'll come back to that. Go ahead. Um, First Corinthians 14, 10 says that, you know, paraphrasing that there are many voices in the world and all of them are significant. Um, but is there confirmation? You know, is there any confirmation in what you hear? Um, discernment for me is the quality of being able to grasp and comprehend that which is hidden. You know, and so when, you, when you're hearing things or when, when the deepest voice cannot be the one that comes from the outside in. You know, the most powerful voice has to be the one that comes from the inside out. And I think sometimes people hear so much, there's so many voices that are coming from outside that it interferes with the channel. So when that little voice is trying to come from inside, it's being questioned because there's so many coming from the outside. So I think we have to find a way um, to quiet all those channels coming from outside. So We need that division hex. Yeah. Keep all the yeah. <laughs> keep all the, the static on the outside. Episode fire. Exactly. Was fire. <laughs> I need to watch the new episode. <laughs> okay, like, sorry. I no spoilers. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's de- it definitely has to come from inside. Definitely. And I think people pay more attention to what they hear with their natural ears. Yeah, I think I think that what we run into a lot of times is that if we really want something will justify it being from God. Of course. Because it's our desire. 
So it it has to become. So when I when I think of this, I I, I tell you what immediately came to my mind when I even when you uh, told us this is a topic you want to discuss, Stephan. I thought about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, and him knowing what he had to do, knowing what was about to come upon him, but he still asked God, "Is there another way?" And I think a lot of times we know what we're supposed to do, but we still look for like to fleece God. Like, mm-hmm. like, you know, like, well, God, if this is you, I'm going to put the fleece and the dew going to be on the grass, but not on the fleece. Right. And then the next day, well, if this is you, God, it's going to be on the, on the, fleece. On, and not, not on, on the grass. Right. And then yeah. it's like, and you getting is like, okay. So, you know, so we fleece God because a lot of times I think we, we initially know from the jump what God is telling us to do. And, and, and we pray about it. And I think you should pray for confirmation, but a lot of times, especially when you're walking in obedience. So let me even add that. I think a tenant of really knowing is walking in obedience to God, mm-hmm. meaning you have to really walk in. I'm not saying complete obedience because none of us walk in complete obedience, but obedience to the word mm-hmm. and, and really seeking God and really, quote unquote, trusting in the Lord with all thine heart and leaning not to our own understanding, but in all thy ways, (laughs) acknowledge him and he directing our path. So I think we need to be walking that path. And, but I think a lot of times we know from the beginning, like I already know what I need to do. God. And Jesus knew he knew Mm -hmm. he knew he'd been telling people for three years, this was his destiny. But when that thing came up on him, it was like, all right, Father, is there another way? He asked three times. Mm-hmm. And not only did he ask three times, he was praying for hours. Yes. Waiting for a different answer. And at the end of the day, his answer needs to be our our answer needs to be his answer. Right. Right. Not my will, but your will be done. Because at the end of the day, uh, is what we're doing going to benefit us or eventually help to benefit the kingdom in a certain way? So. Right. And, you know, it's amazing that when he was in the garden, he had already known since he got here that this is the reason why you came. You know, his whole life was leading to this moment because this is why you're here. And he asked that question in the garden and didn't get an answer. You know, there are a lot of times when God has said something to you, he's not going to reiterate what he said. He is not going to give you another answer. And we fight in the silence. Because we want something different. Right. You know, and so you're not wrestling with, is this God or is it me? Right. You're just fighting with the decision. And you're fighting with your flesh. Right. Because you your flesh doesn't want that. That's what you're exactly. fighting with. Yeah, no, I think that was, so that was going to be the next uh, thing right. I was going to bring up. You know, well, right there we, <laughs> like, we, we, we compliment each other. Right. right. So the next thing I was going to bring up was the process of, I, I want to call it the process of elimination. Okay. Discerning the enemy's voice and the flesh voice, right? So by doing that, anything that comes out like somebody calls you for a job, okay, and it's a job that God has blessed you with, the enemy's voice or the flesh's voice is going to say, you ain't qualified for that. You can't do that. You, you, you've never been a great reader. You've never been excellent. You're not, you, people are going to find out. Trust me. You're going to be a fraud. That is the enemy's voice. Mm-hmm. That is the flesh talking telling you what you're not capable of God's voice doesn't do that God's voice talks trust me like Brock said trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not to thy own understandings right. but in all thy way acknowledge me and I will direct thy path 
Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, all these things will be added unto you. He constantly uses the word. So we have to read the word so we can download the word. Like me and Shonda talked about pre-show, was talking about how reading the word and going through different experiences are like files. And the Holy Spirit is able to pull those files and quote those back to you. Absolutely. So in the times of need, the it's Holy been, Spirit writes the prescription. Right. It writes the prescription and gives you the medicine that you need for that. I forgot exact I put that program instance. on my computer. Exactly. Right. There it right. goes. It pops up immediately. And it immediately reiterates. No. Watch what I'm doing. Trust what I'm doing. Because God always uses people that are not as qualified in different things to be the most extraordinary. Right. It's a lot of people that have done things that may not have been qualified for a position. Do what Bill Gates said. Go to the position and then learn the job. Or no, did Bill Gates say that? <laughs> no, I don't know. Yes, that. he did. Yeah, oh, he did. Bill Gates. Matter of fact, okay. he said, he said, if you're not qualified for something, accept the position, then learn it while you're doing it. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> but you would be surprised how many people didn't done that. Oh no. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, but it, but that's a gift thing right there. Because some people just have a natural gift where you know, you hear about gifted children like Beethoven and, right. you know, playing the piano at three years old and being a composer and things like that. Or even in modern day, we'll see kids who are 11 and 12 getting in college and right. things right. like that. So that's just the gifting. So the back to the question that I was going to ask mm -hmm. from the point you made earlier, mm -hmm. you had talked about when you know us from God, when it's the least resistance, mm -hmm. what though, when we do get resistance, does that mean it's not from God? No, that doesn't mean that. So every path has not been the path of least resistance for me. The most noticeable one in my life is the path of least resistance. I'll give you an example. When I was 18, when before I would turn 18 and had my driver's license, my cousin got a blue truck. It was a blue diesel. I can remember it. It was a 97 F-250. Blue diesel, 7.3 liter. The thing sound like a monster. I remember I was young and he got the truck. And I'm like, man, I pray. I made a prayer that day. And I'm like, Father, I pray that I can get this truck on there. This be this is going to be my first truck, right? So I applied. You know, I didn't have much credit. Mm -hmm. And I never got a, I never got approved to get a, a loan. I was, you know, I think I might have been early 18. So somebody told me to go get a credit card at one of the department stores. Actually, Macy's in Southfield. Okay. And it was in Northland. I got a department store card. Went up there, start building my credit. Me and my brother, Jeremy, are in North Carolina. I go to the motorsport to try to get a, a, a motorcycle. The guy's like, you can't finance a motorcycle. He's like, you guys don't have much credit. So he looks at me, he's like, dude, do you have a truck or do you have a vehicle? I'm like, no. He's like, trust me, your credit's good enough. You might want to try to apply today. Now, out of nowhere, mm. he tells me that. Now, he doesn't know that I've already tried to apply months ago. Right. He tells me that. At the motorsport in North Carolina. I, I ran back at the time we were working in North Carolina doing build outs on hotels. Okay. I ran back to the hotel room we were staying in. Apply for the loan. 15 minutes later, it pops up and says, you are approved. And I was approved for like 25 grand. Mm -hmm. I go online. Portland, Oregon. What do I find? Your truck. A 97 F-250 Blue diesel with like 60,000 miles on it. At 18 years old, I had the truck shipped here mm -hmm. for an additional $1,500. I had it shipped here to Southfield. And there you go. Right. 
That was a path of least resistance. But I had to continue to trust God all the way through. I was turned down how many times on trying to get a loan. But I was still trusting in God that I would get what I asked him for, and he provided it for me. But not every case is going to work out like that. Right. Sometimes the image that you have or what you want, God has something greater for you. If you had something stolen, if you had something taken away from you, if you did not get what you want, does not mean that God has neglected you. It means he has something greater for you. Right. And you have to trust in God. So if you hit a path of greater resistance, only thing you have to do is continue to trust God. That just op- invites to, or opens up the door and invites you to trust God even more. Absolutely. But I also think about, I'm going to come to you, Shonda. David. David was ordained to be king. And David didn't become king the next day. No. And he had a lot of resistance. He was still scooping, you know, sheep excrement. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. As king. Right. And Saul wanted to kill him. Saul, who was the current king. Right. Now, God opened up gates that he was able to play the harp to soothe the king, Mm -hmm. even became best friends with uh, Jonathan. Jonathan. But God had already told David what his destiny was. Right. And, And David... Knowing all of this, still had resistance. A lot of it. Mm-hmm. Hiding in caves and fighting and scrapping and all of this. Mm-hmm. So so what do you think? Because you already said that it seems like on things that you want to do, there's always that David resistance. It seems like it's so much resistance that, you know, I question sometimes. Okay, now, okay, maybe this is not it. You know, maybe this is not it because like what do you have a story for us? Oh man, I want I want to so hear how many. You know, <laughs> I want to hear one example because this is intriguing to me because it's funny how everybody's walk is kind of different. Very true. There's no set path. There you go. There you, you know right. that everybody's gonna be able to get on. Uh-huh. You know, there are gonna be people who hear your story and go like, "Wow, that's me." Mm-hmm. And there are gonna be people that hear yours and like, "Man, that's how it happens for me." Right. And then there'll be people who hear mine and like, that, "Wow." Because the people that's listening right now that are gonna be more like you are, on, they putting their finger to their neck like, "Perry." That's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Let the job I have now. Uh huh. Um, as, as a support coordinator, I had applied for this same type of position at my last job, uh, at the company that I worked for and every job I've ever had, it didn't matter how qualified I was. I always had to start back at the bottom. It didn't matter how much experience I had when I got there. I always had to start at the bottom and I've never understood that. And I kept thinking, why am I always starting at the bottom? Like, not what, not even a lateral move back to the bottom. But I've always been able to work my way back up. But I've never just been able to cross right over, you know, and just step into it. Just step right no. into it. And uh, when I applied for this job at the last company, layoffs happened. Or there was a freeze, a hiring freeze. Mm-hmm. Right when every, all the paperwork had been done, I thought, yes, it's about to happen. I had gone through the interviews. I had sat through a couple interviews. You know, you had to meet with all the panel of people who had the position. You know, I had interviewed with the, you know, the, the COO. And I was like, okay, it's about to happen. Hiring phrase. Wow. Wow. The, exactly. And a few months after that, or it might have been a year or so, I can't remember how long after that, I ended up getting fired from that job for something that wasn't even my fault. I went immediately to another job and get to this job 
And like, wow, I got to start at the bottom. Okay, cool. Back to the bottom. I was doing everything. You know, I was I was driving. You know, I was doing attendance. I was doing everything. The opportunity finally comes up, you know, for me to get, you know, this opportunity. And then there was layoffs. I was laid off twice in six months before I finally got this promotion. Well, so throughout all those times, right, was mm-hmm. there ever a time that before you even accepted those jobs that God maybe was like, you're not supposed to be here? Ever? No. Never? Mm-mm. And every time I saw it, something in me was saying, apply. <laughs> you know, I was like, okay, I'm going to apply. And before I could apply it at the first job, this is no lie. Before I could apply at the first job, somebody said, you know what, this position is open, you should apply. And I thought, great, you know, I'm going to apply. At this job, same thing. Somebody called and was like, you know they have a position open for a support coordinator. I was like, nope, I didn't even know that the position had been posted. She was like, well, you need to apply, you need to do it today. You know, they're waiting for your resume. I've already talked to the people, you just need to apply. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, great. And now look. Never easy. But look. But now look. Right. Look at you. You know, exactly. Sometimes your journey takes years. Like David's. Like David's. But it didn't matter what job I had. I was always who I was. You know, so that's the thing. You're always going to be who you are. You know, you are always who you're called to be. You don't get anything extra. Mm -hmm. You're born with everything you need to do everything you're going to do to be everything you're going to be. So it doesn't matter how many no's you get, your yes is still there. Absolutely. It's just whether or not you're going to survive or are you going to quit before Before the manifestation. Before you get that yes. Hey, that's awesome because now. She gets, hold on, we got a new sound effect because she just dropped a gym. Yes, sir. Hey. (laughs) Hey, that's awesome that you guys even said like David because the person that just came to my mind again, you already know, is like Joseph. He was the complete opposite. Everywhere he went, even though man tried to keep him down, his brothers tried to sell him, or they did sell him. Then the 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 uh, I think it was Potiphar's wife. Yeah, yeah he uh, or she tried to. Seduce she lied him. and tried to. She tried to seduce him, but she lied. He got thrown in prison. Mm-hmm. He ends up running to prison like the warden. Yeah, and God literally said because of Joseph's favor, wherever he went. The blessings follow him. Like when he was at Potiphar's house, he's taking care of the whole house. Mm -hmm. His harvest and everything flourished with him being there. And so you you look at two different sides, but 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 he still but even though he still had resistance. Remember, he had to go to jail. His brothers sold him into slavery. That was my point. So there was still resistance. So at the end of the day, for some people, it will be easy, and even in the times when it's easy. There is still a sacrifice or something that the Lord needs to make sure you understand that is him on this journey with you and not you in this journey by yourself. Because all of these are Old Testament examples. But even Abraham, everything was flowing easy for Abraham. God had told him what was going to happen, made promises to him, told him, you know, your wife going to get pregnant. And and, well, he promised him a seed and he tried to do his own thing. Yep, he tried to help out. He tried to help out, and that goes to us trying to do God's job for him. And and there was a consequence for him trying to do job, God's job. Sarah gets pregnant, gives him a son. Now, you told me at our old age we had a kid, and now I got to take this kid to the hill mm-hmm. and sacrifice him back Ooh. to you. And this is the promise that I've been waiting on. 
But Joe, it, uh, Abraham's commitment. And there was a ram in the bush. Already there. Already there. You know, the ram was already there while they're going up the hill. Mm-hmm. But you don't know that. You don't know you that. Know, you don't you just, know that. You just doing what God told you to do. Exactly. And all of that to that point seemed easy. Because right. even when your wife like, well, get the handmaiden pregnant because I'm too old. It ain't mm-hmm. working for me. It was like, okay, well, I guess this is the promised child. So, right. Shonda, your, your job you had now was your ram in the bush. It was waiting for me. It was and, waiting and, for you. And even, but look, even because I already knew this story, even when she was laid off, they would ask her to come and work and, and like do part time hours, even though she was laid off. And, you know, when you get laid off, you could just be like, no, I ain't, I'm trying to find another job. But she was even faithful to do stuff like that where they were like, okay, okay, then we're going to look. And that's why, and I, I stole this. I'm being honest, I stole this from Shannon Sharp. You know, I love Shay. He said, Club Shay. But he said, he said, he said, said, be careful of the feet that you step on because they can be attached to the foot that's attached to the leg that's attached to the butt that you're going to have to kiss one day. Right. And that's a lot of times we burn bridges because I had a job one time where they called me and told me that I was getting laid off because we weren't making the sales that we were supposed to make, but that I was assistant manager. They said the manager is going on vacation for two weeks. So can you stick around for these two weeks and work while he's on vacation? Now, I could have been bitter and said, y'all fire me anyway. I need to find another job. Right. I said, no problem. I'll work these two weeks. I quit. And, you know, I worked the two weeks. That last Sunday told everybody bye. They called me three days later and said, we want you to come back. We let him go because he got caught stealing. Oh, wow. And they wanted me to come back and take over. Now, they wouldn't have called me if I would have left on a bad note and just That's said, right. and, and, and I think I had that job another six months that led to me being able to eventually get my job at Starbucks and mm-hmm. becoming a manager there. So there's always. I miss those passion teams. <laughs> but there's always that, 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 that moment right. where you're like, God, is this you? Because I really need to know. Mm-hmm. Like, God, is this you? I really need to know. So let me ask you this. Have you ever, have either one of you, and I'll start with you, Shonda, have you ever made a decision where you said it was God, but then you look back and was like, no, that was Shonda. It wasn't God. I'm sure I have. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm sure I have because I've had some epic fails. <laughs> but I'd, let me, I'd have to think. I need a minute. Okay. You know, like if you need an example. Oh, no, not even an example. But, so oh, what absolutely. in those situations – what what would you tell people that they should do? Because we've all I think anybody who is a is a saint, a believer, mm-hmm. has had a moment in their lives where they was like, Yeah, this God. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes that path of least resistance seemed way too you know, sometimes was too good to be true, yeah. really is. You know what I I'm about to be very honest with y'all. When you make those decisions and you find out that it's not God, you just gotta eat it. You know, you're you going to have to take that L. And whatever the consequences are that come with that, you got to ride that out. You know, That's you just right. have to ride that out. These, When you move without God, you are left with your own devices. So whatever the consequences are, you are left with those too. I mean, you can pray and ask God to please lift this um, off of you. And there, there have been instances of that in the Bible. You know, David, and when he had messed up and took the census. Right. And uh, you know, all, all the people started dying. 
You know, he had to find Arunas, you right, know, threshing yeah. floor, to make a sacrifice to stop, you know, for God to please stop killing, you know, people. But those were, that's the consequence of you doing what I told you not to do. So I'm thankful that it didn't cost me my life. Um, but I, I spent some nights walking the floor, I tell you that. <laughs> wow. What about you? Um, Yes. And I know some, uh, I can go through a lot. <laughs> Pretty much, I don't probably don't want to go through the stories. Most of my relationships <laughs> yeah. that we get in, right. Ooh, thank that's you, all, Lord. Yeah, like, no, that's oh right. Lord. Yeah, no, I, I, it's a lot of them I can think about, and it's like, um, I'm thinking like the, the the one thing that comes to mind is like the the spirit is always seeking communication with God, while the flesh habitually derails, constantly and consistently. And so it's I can look at instances where <laughs> this dude using five dollar words over here. You get the hey, airport for look, that. I, I, I think about instances where I know I didn't feel that peace, and I knew it was something that I wanted. But then I can always see that God was kind of throwing small things in, like small things. Like I just was recently at the gym, the powerhouse. I'm working out. And, you know, I'm trying to get hype in there, working out. And God is talking to me. Like, I thought that you wanted to continue to seek me even when you're working out. You shouldn't be listening to that. And I'm literally listening to the song. And every couple minutes, I'm thinking about that. You shouldn't be listening to this. And I'm, I'm trying to get hyped to the point I had to turn the song off because it was kind of, like, annoying. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? All right, you're right. And that's the commitment I said in my life. Mm-hmm. Because I, I did this saying that a guy once said, uh, I think his name is um, – Nick something, Nick, I forget his name, but he has an awesome thing on the Bible app, and it's called The Bible in One Year. Him and his wife and Pippa is on there, and uh, he said his best way of communicating with God is when he says, uh, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Mm -hmm. And when you make that commitment to say that and honestly say it, and and if you have to kind of be repetitive in saying it, to be open to hear God, God will guide you. Because God is always speaking. We're just not always listening. So if we can just literally listen. And I built my relationship with God over the years. And every every time I make that decision to say no and yes to God, mm-hmm. that draws me closer to God and actually increases that communication with God. To where now his voice is stronger than the voice of the world and the voice of the flesh. So where it's like, no. And it's just those quick no's. I remember when I went back in the day when I would when I was trying to get rid of something, when I was hanging out with my brother and my cousins, and they would say, uh, you want to go hang out? And I would immediately say no. When I look at my diet back in the day when I wanted to be a running back, and I was a lineman in high school, and my mom made fried chicken. I'm talking about that crunchy fried chicken. And I made a decision and said no because I want to be a running back next year. That one decision I feel like was a pivotal point and a turning point and led me to actually become a running back. Mm-hmm. I say one more story. I don't want to just be like a a Mike Hogg today. No, you fine. This my, was a topic that you brought up anyway, perfect. so I know you. My mom was telling me a story, right? She said um, she, uh, was at, uh, she was at the store and God was speaking to her to talk. No, 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 it wasn't the store. Matter of fact, she said I was with her. She used to, back in the day, she would kind of have like each of us and take us on a date. 
you know, she was trying to train us to become like, you know, chivalrous young men. Right. So she took us out to eat. She took me out to eat that day. So we were at the original Pancake House okay. in here in Southfield. So she says she's uh, there in line, and she sees a woman and makes eye contact with a woman. And immediately she said she kind of got like a vision, like a book, like an open book of this woman's life. Like just probably, I don't know to what um, degree, but she said she had like a perspective, like an open book of this woman's life. Now that's just, that's a gifting, but that's kind of segregated what I'm talking about. An open book of this woman's life, because that kind of fits in her gifting. So she's like, God is selling. Talk to this woman about this. She's like, nah, I can't do it. No way. He's called these people around. I'm not doing that. Long story short, me and her go to sit down. We're eating the food. And she said, I got to go to the bathroom. She goes to the bathroom. Who's in there washing their hands? The lady. The lady. <laughs> so she said, you know what? God's talking to her. Say something to the woman. Say something to the woman. So she immediately says something to the woman. I don't remember exactly. And I don't want to quote her wrong. To the point the woman started to cry. So my mom said she's embarrassed in the bathroom like, I probably shouldn't have said that, you know, like maybe I was out of line saying that, whatever. She said the woman came back up to her. She, so my mom went back to the table, sat down, me and her continued to talk and eat. I don't know if we were leaving or if the woman came up to the table and she said, I want to thank you for being obedient to God because I asked the Lord, does he still hear me? And what you said was a confirmation. Mm-hmm. And that was the obedient part to where you don't know the communication that God is or the, the thing that God ha- is having you do. What kind of impact is that going to be on somebody's life? Right. Right. The obedience is better than sacrifice. Oh, right? oh, 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 no, no, no. I knew. I, I, I promise you. I promise you. I promise you. I was sitting here thinking to myself, he is going to say obedience is better than sacrifice. And he's going to use that. You know what? We need to do a podcast, Shonda, about scriptures that are commonly used out of context. Out of context. That is a scripture. Shonda had me, um, uh, which I've said before, she's an elder and one of my mentors, but she had me do a sermon and use that scripture as the sermon that I had to use. Hold on, but scriptures have multiple no, no, meanings. But, but if you know the context of that scripture. But you can, hold on, but think about this. I, I'll say this, right? You can take, the word of God is like, it goes in and between. We're going to take not, this. This, no, this hold on. Have no, to go somewhere else. No, like go electricity. I don't know if you right. guys know electricity. God's word is like alternating current versus our words that are DC. DC is one line. It only goes in one direction. Our words are DC words. Right. God's word is like lightning bolt. It's like it's 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 AC. It goes up and down, all and around. God, you can take one thing from something, and it can mean a totally different interpretation from one person to the next. It just depends on the, oh, the yeah. interpretation no, no. of the Holy Spirit. When I say obedience is better than sacrifice, I, let me explain what I mean. No, no, I already know what you mean. Okay, what, okay. What, what, what I'm not even trying to dispute. Okay, I know okay. what you mean. Okay. Oh, gotcha, so, gotcha, gotcha. What gotcha. I'm saying is that scripture is wrong in that context of how we use it, though. Because gotcha. when Samuel was talking to um, Jonathan, right? Wasn't it Jonathan? <laughs> Was it Jonathan? Or was it Saul? No, it was just Saul. Right. It was Saul. Saul, and Saul had intentionally did something that God did not want him to do. And he told Samuel, I want you to make a sacrifice because I am intentionally going to do something God does not want me to do. 
And he said, so you could just make a sacrifice so everything would be good. Samuel said, no, obedience to God is better than sacrifice. Mm -hmm. So the sacrifice he was talking about was making a sacrifice before God, mm -hmm. meaning I'm intentionally like I'm just going to intentionally do what I want to do. And you're just going to be able to cover it up. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, and, But the reason why I use it in that context, and I'll just make it clear. Right. I use it in that context because when God requires you to do something and he asks you to do something. Oh, you got to do it. You want to do it. I mean, it's you have a free will. Right. Because, I mean, you're not, it's not obligatory. Right. right. He's asking you to do it. But obedience is better than sacrifice in that regard that if my mom had said, you know what, let me not be obedient. I'm going back to my table. She would have sacrificed the reward that God may have had for her. God could have had something much greater. And then she actually impacted this woman's life. Right. Absolutely. So her obedience in that regard oh, yeah. was better than the sacrifice. No, no, no. To say, you know what? I'm not going to do it. I don't want to do it because I know in some instances in my life, I'm not as charismatic in that regard. Or right. I'm not I'm not a people's person. I'm, I'm definitely charismatic. Right. I'm just not a people's person. Right. I'm just not no, a you're people's a people's person, person too. You not Brock's really, son. though. No, Brock. you're a people's person. You're definitely Brock quite Jr. the people's person. <laughs> I'm not, though. Okay, so I, I, I would disagree a little bit. You probably would. Yeah, but no, and like I said, I wasn't, I don't want you to think I was reprimanding you for no, that. No, I'm no, just, no, it's cool. But I'm just saying, because I, like, Shonda then got me to the point where certain scriptures that we've discussed when we have conversations, mm -hmm. and, and I, you know, because to me, when I think of God telling you to do something and you're not doing it, I think more of Jonah. You know what I'm saying? Because Jonah, flat out, was like, what you going to do what you going to do anyway? So right. what I need to go talk to these people for? And God gave him the example with the tree and all that other stuff. So, but, yeah, so that was the conversation. I I ain't want to hijack the conversation. But I knew it was. But I was sitting here in my mind like, he is about to say, oh, I knew, like, I could just feel it was on the tip. Hey. It was like, I was about to say, don't say it. Don't you say it. I'm going to say it. I don't care it. what you say. I'm going to say it. I don't it. care I don't that you broke your elbow. <laughs> I knew you was going to say it, but. So um, when the question was about when you do something that you think, all right. So I did this um, when I used to work for Starbucks mm -hmm. and I was getting frustrated that I wasn't getting promoted. And I, I, I had been working. My store was one of the number one stores in Michigan and things like that. Um, and I wanted to grow. I wanted to be a district manager, right. eventually a regional manager and things like that. But, you know, just going to work every day was just starting to get uh, very monotonous. And I wanted something different. Let me get myself a, for that use of monotonous. You got to let one of us press that for you. That's a little bias. <laughs> no, uh, that was a joke. So yeah. anyway, um, a guy who was a district manager had went and left for another company. And he would constantly kind of recruit me and things like that. And so I went for an interview. And they were offering more money than I was making at Starbucks at the time, maybe about five or $6,000 a year more because I was a salary manager. And I prayed about it, but I really planned on leaving anyway because I was just frustrated. It was like, well, the Lord wanted me. I was so miserable at that job. And I knew, right, like, why even say I hate it here? Right. Like, it, it, it wasn't Starbucks at all. And I'm talking about just as a company and the things that you were able to do in the way – they treat the employees and things like that. And I lost my job in three years. Remember um, my district manager called me. He's like, oh, I need to meet with you. 
<laughs> we met at another store. He was like, all right, I'm, I got to let you go. So oh, you just go <laughs> take yeah. me away from the store to fire me here at this patio. You know, so it, but, and I end up, you know, getting a blessing and, and where I work now, I work uh, for my mom or whatnot. But at the time it was just really a lesson of once they said more money, mm-hmm. I just figured, okay, yeah, that's the, uh, yeah, this is this is the you know, and a, what Mace, more money, more problems. And sometimes more money doesn't mean that that's God right. telling you to do that. That's just you chasing that carrot. And at the end of the day, you maybe I don't know how things would have been, but I know I'm where I'm supposed to be at anyway. But I'm just saying, because when I lost my job there, I, you know, started working for my mom, but I was able to do the things with Noah to help him get into college with football, traveling, going to all his games. So, you know, even through me doing what I wanted to do, God still found a way to bless the situation in my using his name to say, yeah, yeah, God told me to take this job. It was like, no, he didn't. Right. right. I wanted them, you know, Mm -hmm. a couple, you know, you start to go five, six grand more. I can do a little something, something with that. Right. You know, so, um, you know, we just have to be cautious of those type situations and things like that. So last question before we um, hit, hit to the end of the show. So let me ask you this. When, when it comes to outside people, how do you protect yourself? I think you kind of brought this up a little bit, Shonda, in your opening. But how do we protect ourselves from the outside noise? How do we prevent ourselves from falling into the trap of other people telling us, Oh, this is what God got for you. Because I think a lot of times when we say we pray about things to me, and I'm just going to be up front, I find that most people pray about, I would say, three things that they say they're looking for God. Relationships is first and foremost. Is this the man for me? Is this the woman for me? Are we supposed to get married? Two would be a job. Is, should I take this career path? Shouldn't I take this career path? And then I think the the, the third one is usually like I, I, I'm leaving the church. Like I, I can't be here no more and I just need to pray. And I'll not y'all might think of other things, but those are the three things more often than not that I find people say, I really got to. What? what you, you made that gesture about money. What do you mean? People pray about money a lot. Well, no, no, but I'm just, I, but to me, that's more about work. Like, making a job decision. I mean, when I say the way you premise the question though, I, yeah, people pray about money, but I'm talking about from the standpoint of seeking God for, um, is this your voice telling me to do this? You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I, yeah. People pray for abundance and money and we, we can debate that about money. The Bible says money answers all calls, but it also says for the love of money is the root to all evil. But how do y'all prevent from that outside noise? Because, you know, you, you, should I be in this relationship? Should not be, I'm going to pray about it. But then while you're praying, you're also going to your friends, your family, seeking advice. So whose advice do you want? You want God's advice or do you want cousin Leroy's advice? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Cousin Sue's advice. Right. Should I take this job? Shouldn't I take this job? I'm going to pray to God, but I, I need rabbi's opinion as well. You, you understand? So how do we stop ourselves from falling into that trap? I'm going to start with you, rabbi. Well, for me, um, I rarely go to people 
for prayer. I'm very selective about who you go about to, about who I ask, you know, to pray for me. And it's always somebody who's already blessed in this area. You know what I mean? So I'm not going to somebody who um, is having, um, who's single like me to ask them about relationships. Got you. You know what I mean? Or I'm not going to somebody who, who has less money than me to ask you to pray for me about money. You know, we, we, we need to be praying. We both need to be praying. Together. You know what I to, mean? That God give us somebody right. who got the money. Right. So I'm very careful about that. And I'm very selective about who's in my life. You know, I'm very selective about the people that's in my, in my circle. And so we can pray. You know, we can pray. I don't ask people who I don't trust that are prayers. You know what I mean? So if I say, you know, B, I want you to pray for me about this, I'm already confident that, one, you're already praying for me. Right. So it's not an issue for me to discuss this with you. Right. If I have an inkling of any type of, of hesitation to discuss this topic with that person, you're not the one for me to go to for prayer. Okay. What about you, Steph? Um, you know, I don't talk to a lot of people anyhow, other than like my family, Brock, my brothers, um, you know, family. Right. And even then I know how to differentiate who I'm talking to. Chew the meat, spit out the bone. Yeah, pretty much. But even in that regard, it's some people that will still try to impart in your life. Like they get a dream and you're in it. And then this whole dream that was, you know, uh, catastrophic meant everything about you. No, it was about you. Right. <laughs> like you, tw- you had a twenty minute dream about me. Matter of fact, I'm gonna I'm write no. write that down for me, Shonda, because you got to. No, we need to have a show about dreams and and all that. That's definitely something coming up soon. Okay. Yeah. No. So the way that God, when He talks to somebody, remember this, and I think I said this on a previous show. When He talks to somebody about you, it should be a confirmation. It is not the first time you're going to hear it. If they're telling you something that God hasn't already told you, then it's about them and it's not about you. Somebody says, hey, you know, whatever you're doing, you need to stop doing it. I'm doing. You don't even know what you're doing. No, it's about them. Mm-hmm. Maybe God had them use you in a dream of them because maybe they hold you in a certain position in their own life. And it's definitely a representation of something that they need to change or something they need to do. But if God gives somebody a, a word that they're, they're supposed to give you, it should be a confirmation. I think I've said this before. My, my, my When I was younger, my parents wouldn't go to my brother or brothers, whatever, and say, mom or dad said go wash the dishes. I'm like, no, it ain't my day. No, they would have said something to me first. Hey, it's your turn to wash the dishes today. Then my, my brothers or my sister would have came up and made a confirmation. You know it's your day to wash the dish today. They just said something to go tell you again. Oh, all right. No, you ain't coming up to me straight up on no Tuesday. And I already know my day is Monday to tell me to wash the dishes. That's not a confirmation. I already knew my day wasn't today. It's your day to wash the dishes. See what I'm saying? So everything that God tells you should be a confirmation. Or somebody tells you about you. And it's, it's impactful in your relationship with God should be a confirmation. It should not be the first time you're hearing it. So, yeah. Yeah, I no, I, I agree. I agree with that wholeheartedly because that's how I look at it, that it needs to be a confirmation of something that you already have been seeking. And if somebody comes in and parts a word into you, they're just confirming things that God has already told you 
or this is going to happen or that's going to happen. And even, and it doesn't even have to be something you've been praying about. It could be something you, I remember I used to have, like, I used to know that I was called to do ministry mm-hmm. and I used to fight that thing. And I would have people, I, I would never, my, at my brother's funeral, I went up there and I said what I said. And when I went and sat down, the woman, I do not know who this woman is still to this day was sitting next to me because they had to add chairs and this her chair happened to be on mine's on the aisle because I was sitting on the end and she looked at me she said you know God's called you to do ministry right that you you you've been called to preach and I looked at her you know it's my brother's funeral and I just kind of like but it I had already been knowing this feeling this right. and and even in that moment for you to say that to me you know she was being obedient to God's word because you know, I, I remember what I said when I got up there, but it kind of like elevated the church for that brief moment that I gave my words about them or whatnot. So I just think that usually everything that happens is a confirmation of what. Um, and then a lot of times what I just try to do is is validate people in where they already stand. And Stephanie tell you that all the time. Like when I talk to him and, and he's telling me what's going on, I just validate hey, this guy just continue to move with you and use you. Just let him. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, you can prophesy into somebody's life like that, just validating what they're already doing and let them know, hey, let God keep using you in this area. I'm not imparting anything but words of affirmation, words of um, helping you to fulfill your – I've done that with you. Like, hey, keep doing what you're doing. I know God is using you and things like that. So so we're going to get ready to uh, wrap it up. And um, great topic. Good, good job, Stephanie. Thank you. <laughs> so um, I'm going to do something different. Yep. 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 <laughs> Since this was your topic. Gentlemen first. <laughs> Shonda won't mind. Not at all. All right. So um, wrapping up today, um, I'm going to lead with the scripture first. Romans chapter 10 and 17 says, uh, faith comes from hearing the message and a message is heard through the word of Christ. So be sure to read your word. And if if it's hard to navigate through your word, because I'm one of those kind of guys that I don't want to just pick up the Bible all day and kind of read it in different ways. Make it fun for you. They got Bible apps you can go on and you they have this awesome one like I, I kind of plugged in earlier today. It's the Bible in one year, gives great devotionals, and it walks you through the entire Bible. It's always one that is um, in the Old Testament. Then there's one that's in Proverbs or Psalms, and then it goes over to the uh, New Testament. Um, And it's extremely awesome in helping you to understand the word and the different stories in the word, but then also feeding your spirit. Um, It's extremely important that we stay rooted in the word because God communicates with us primarily through the word. Constantly, the Holy Spirit, like I told you earlier today, the Holy Spirit brings up of, of scriptures of remembrance that wherever we're going through at that moment, that scripture is the the uh, prescription that we need in that medicine and the, the medicine for our spirit at that moment um, in a decision or whatever we're going through to be able to get through that. So continue to read your words and seeking God, get in that quiet space and talk to God and just say you're listening to him and just sit in a quiet space if you can Meditate for a minute. Talk to me when you're at work, whatever you're doing throughout the day, and God will speak to you. Don't listen to those negative words. Those negative words are the the uh, flesh and the enemy that try to drown it out. 
but just quiet your mind. My mom taught me earlier on when we were younger. She used to tell us to say, peace be still when our minds were, were running rampant. So just make that prayer and say, peace be still and sit calm and ask the Lord to speak. And then you can hear his word. Um, so that's a message of encouragement. So, yeah. Amen. Amen. Thank you. All right, Rabbi. Um, there are two scriptures. One is, my sheep know my voice and the voice of a stranger they will not follow. And my sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. You know, the best advice I could give you is build a relationship with God that's so strong that you don't question, you don't have to question his voice. You know, I was with my mother from the time I was born. I heard her voice even in her belly. So even if I wasn't in the room with her when she spoke, I recognized her voice because I heard it all the time. The same thing with my sister. I can know her. I know her voice in a crowd because I've heard it all the time. We have relationship. So build that kind of relationship with God so that even in a crowd, you recognize his voice. And his voice stands out more so than anything else that's trying to enter from the outside. So uh, build that relationship and you won't have any worries. Amen. Amen. I like that. Almost my closing is something similar to that. But um want to thank you all for listening. Um, in the Bible, there's a story about Samuel when he was a boy. And he was laying in the bed getting ready to go to sleep. And he heard his name being called. And he ran up and he ran. And he said, Eli, you know, he ran to Eli and said, did you call me? And Eli said, no, go back and lay down. And then he went and laid down. Then he heard his name called again. And he went to Eli and he said, you know, master, did you call me? And he said, nope, go lay down. And then he heard his name a third time. And he ran to Eli. And now Eli understanding, okay, if he's hearing his name being called, he said, the next time, go in your room, the next time you hear it, say, Lord, this is your servant. I'm listening. What we have to do is be able to recognize that when God is calling us, that he is going to be a voice that first is familiar to us, a voice that we are able to hear that gives us comfort. Samuel, Eli was a voice of comfort for Samuel. And when he realized that this was God's voice, it, it didn't, because the voice never startled Samuel. The voice only just made him think it was Eli calling him. God will never startle you. He will call you, and he will call you in a way that you will be comfortable, that it will be that comfort that was mentioned at the beginning of the show. So if you want to know God and you want to understand him, build that relationship and understand that it will always be that comfortable voice when God is trying to talk to you. So I just want to thank you for listening to another episode of The Road to Damascus. And we want to let you know it's not about the road. It's about the journey. And until next time, we're out. God bless. <laughs>